The Central Division features a lot of great goalie play. Some dominant performers, some guys who can be good sometimes, and some others who are hoping to put themselves into the elite conversation. So where do the Minnesota Wilds stack up? We discuss on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked On Wild. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the course of the week. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we rank the goalie situation in the Central Division. We will identify the franchise goalies throughout this list, and we'll figure out where Philip Gustafson slots in to uh, either a franchise goalie or a good goalie will rank everybody on today's show which is brought to you by game time you can download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase the central division has some really good goalie play you've got some guys that answer the bell almost every night you have some guys who have been good and have also been wildly inconsistent. And you have some teams that are hoping that somebody will kind of catch fire and um, really take charge uh, of their net situation. Now, the Minnesota Wilds are one of the teams near the top of these rankings because we saw Philip Gustafson emerge, really take charge of the net uh, this past season and really show that he is capable of being a, a well above average goalie uh, in the NHL. You also have the experience of Marc-Andre Fleury, the expectation that we will see more of Gustafson this year and fewer starts of Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, Dean Evison has said during the preseason, during training camp, that they are going to give both guys opportunities early on in the season and then as the season goes along who's playing well who isn't uh, will factor into how the splits go the rest of the way this is nothing new for the minnesota wilds over the past few seasons we have seen them go really even splits to try to keep both goalies rested to keep both guys fresh in the event that somebody gets hurt in the event that somebody has a rough outing, they know that they're going to have an opportunity after a rough outing to kind of take a breather, refresh, decompress, and uh, get back to it the following game. But I think the situation that's the Wilder in now, it's fine if you want to more even the splits early on in the season as everybody gets acclimated to NHL speed, getting back up to game shape, things along those lines. But I think as we saw as the season wore on last year, that it's really a clear cut 
one in backup situation for Minnesota. Gustafson was superb all season long. His numbers, in fact, got better as the season wore on. And for Marc-Andre Fleury, he had some great starts for this team, not trying to undercut him at all. He had some great starts for this team, but he also had some in which things kind of spiraled out of control. The Wild played much better with Philip Gustafson in the net, and that kind of helps solidify that notion that Philip Gustafson is the guy for this team. And so the big question, I think, will be, do we see him get a start share similar to some of the other upper echelon guys in this division? Uh, there are no shortage of uh, of top-level names. Uh, Alexander Gorgiev had 62 starts last year. Connor Hellebuck had 64. Uh, Jake Ottinger had 61. UC Saros had 63. Uh, those guys all a ton of starts. Jordan Bennington had 60 for the St. Louis Blues. And then you look at uh, where the Wild were at. Marc-Andre Fleury had 45. And uh, Philip Gustafson had uh, the rest um, for the uh, the team, the 37, uh, the rest of the way for the Minnesota Wild. So you have a lot of guys that are capable of starting on an almost every night basis. and. With what we saw with Gustafson this year, you know, do they progress him towards being that bona fide number one guy? He's very capable of it, um, having gone toe-to-toe against some of the best teams in the NHL this past season, beating the New Jersey Devils twice, beating the Colorado Avalanche uh, late in the season when Wilds took the opportunity to move into the outright first place spot in the Central Division. We know what happened after that with the Vegas Golden Knights, so we don't need to rehash it. But my point being is that Philip Gustafson answered the bell every time the team had to try to snap a losing streak, were having trouble scoring goals. Game one of the postseason, in which he outdueled Jake Ottinger uh, to get a double overtime win. Those are the things that a number one goalie does. Anytime you hit the skids, Anytime you're in a slump, anytime you simply need your guy to limit the opponent so that you can figure things out on the fly and come away with a 1-0 or 2-1 win, Philip Gustafson did that every single time he was in the net. And so as we continue to watch Gustafson's career unfold, you just start to add a little bit more to the workload as you go. And so 37 starts last year, you know, if the coaching staff wants to keep things still pretty even, you know, maybe you flip it. Maybe Gustafson has between 45 and 50 starts. You see how he can handle that. Then next year with Gustafson still the guy and somebody else backing him up, whether it be Jesper Volstead or a bridge goalie for one season, whoever it ends up being. Maybe then you add a little more to the plate to see if Gustafson is capable of being somebody that is between, you know, 55 and 60 starts. It would be nice, but as we've seen, just ask the Vegas Golden Knights. 
how this worked out is you can't necessarily you can have a number one and a backup but you better have a capable backup if you are the tampa bay lightning and you lose andre vasilevsky the lightning are scrambling this season to try to figure out their goalie situation with Vasilevsky uh, now on the shelf for eight to 10 weeks. You better have a capable backup that in the event that a goalie gets hurt, the wild saw this a couple seasons ago when cam Talbot got hurt and Capo Kakinen slid in and uh, won a ton of games uh, in that rookie season that he had before he ended up being traded. The point being is that, yes, you can have a number one go-to guy, but you have to have a backup that's capable of playing and capable of stringing starts together if needed. And so we want to see a ton of Philip Gustafson this season. Marc-Andre Fleury is a capable backup in the event that something happens to Gus Bus, that he gets hurt, that he needs a day. Um anything along those lines. And so the Wilds goalie situation heading into the season. Yes, I know Flurry is another year older. So the concerns about if he's going to be able to continue to keep his level of performance where it's at without having a substantial drop off, because if you are a goalie and you start to lose that reaction time and you start to just not be able to do the same things that you were previously doing in your career, all of a sudden, you as a backup with the goals against average somewhere in the you know, 2.6, 2.7, 2.8, all of a sudden, your goals against average puffs up to 3.5, 3.6, 3.7, and then you start losing games, and uh, things just go downhill from there. So there, there are concerns as to if Flurry can continue to uh, keep up his level of performance, but if you take a few starts off his plate, give them to Philip Gustafson. Gustafson handles those well. Then uh, I think the goalie situation should be just fine uh, for the Wild here this season. Now, where does the Wild's goalie situation stack up amongst the rest of the Central Division? We will rank them and see where Philip Gustafson, for one, lines up against the rest of the starters in the Central Division. That is on the way as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. If you are a fan of the Minnesota Twins and you happen to check out the Game Time app for yesterday's postseason opener uh, at Target Field, you probably noticed some crazy deals on tickets the day of the game. That's because Game Time gives you second-to-none opportunities to get great seats without having to plan so far ahead. We all have those horror stories of sporting events that we've gone to where the tickets are just through the nose with fees and with cost, or you get to the venue and you're sitting right behind a pillar or something that blocks your view. Game time takes all of those problems and chucks them right out the window. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So make sure you download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L 
for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we will take a look at the offense for tomorrow's episode of Locked on Wild. And uh, programming note as well, um, hoping to have uh, some new hardware that has been ordered uh, and is on the way um, for tomorrow's episode. Uh, If not for sure, on Thursday, uh, I'll give you a hint. One part of it already arrived, and so uh, just waiting for the the rest. And for the non-YouTube crowd tuning in, uh, I was just showing a mic stand. So that should give you a hint as to what is coming uh, for hopefully tomorrow's episode, if not for sure, on Thursday. So let's rank the Central Division goalies. Uh, And we'll just... Take a look at uh, who we have, not in any particular order. In fact, I think I'm going to go in alphabetical order to start, and then we'll rank from there. The Arizona Coyotes will be carrying the combination of Karel Vimelka and Connor Ingram. Now, Vimelka, kind of an up-and-comer for Arizona. He had some solid starts last season, and the Coyotes are certainly hoping that he takes a leap and continues to further his development to help a team that has some huge playoff aspirations uh, for uh, this year. If not this year, then uh, within the next couple of years as well. So Vimelka and Ingram in Arizona. For the Chicago Blackhawks, it's Peter Morazic and Arvid Soderblom. Uh, Morazic has bounced around the league uh, a little bit. And uh, Chicago is hoping that Soderblom can help out as well. For Chicago, it's a roster that's... They're just trying to kind of find what they can put around Connor Bedard right now. Uh, I would not consider the goaltending situation a particular strength for Chicago heading into the season. Uh, Looking at uh, the Colorado Avalanche, Alexander Gorgiev, and the potential backup of Eustace Anunan because uh, Pavel Francis is hurt. And so for the Avalanche, They get a ton of starts out of Gorgiev. He uh, started 60 games for the Avs last season, had 40 wins. And so obviously he's very capable of uh, being a starting goalie, albeit a franchise goalie in the NHL. And so Colorado going to get as many Gorgiev starts as they can this year, but their backup situation is certainly in flux to say the least. Let's go to the Dallas Stars, Jake Ottinger and Scott Wedgwood. Same combination as last year. Ottinger, one of the up-and-coming goalies in this league, one of the young, rising stars in the NHL. Obviously has a great team that plays in front of him, which certainly doesn't hurt as well, but he has certainly shown the ability to step up and win big games uh, with the Stars since he was first called up. Uh, Other teams on the list. Let's go Winnipeg Jets, Connor Hellebuck, Hellebuck, and Laurent Brassois. Hellebuck, a lot of questions with uh, Hellebuck this season as to if he's going to stay in Winnipeg or if he ends up getting traded at the deadline or just straight up walks. He could just straight up walk after the season is done too. So Winnipeg certainly has some uh, things that they need to iron out. And Brassois was with the Vegas Golden Knights last season before he got hurt. Had some good games 
Um, and so he is kind of a, he's a little bit of an unknown, but um, I mean, depending on what is playing in front of him, uh, a solid backup for the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, the Minnesota Wild, Philip Gustafson, Marc-Andre Fleury, same combination as last year. Gus Bus, stock is up. And you got the old Wiley vet in uh, Marc-Andre Fleury as well. National Predators, UC Soros, one of the best goalies, not only in the division, but probably in the Western Conference as well, maybe the NHL too. Uh, and he really had to stand on his head for Nashville to even get close to a postseason spot last year. They barely snuck in. They were just anemic offensively at points. And uh, Soros had to withstand just a constant barrage night in, night out to be able to get that team into the postseason. And then you have Kevin Lankinen uh, as his backup. Uh, again, guy who has bounced around a little bit. And so uh, the hope there will be that... Um, you know, you can get a ton out of Soros and not necessarily have to rely on Lankanen all that much. And last but not least, Jordan Binnington in St. Louis. Binnington is as Jekyll and Hyde as goalie play can possibly be. One year he is fantastic. The next year he is trying to talk smack to the Minnesota Wild bench after giving up a fifth goal um, and then trying to fight Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, before the uh, referees broke that up. The backup for the Blues, Joel Hoffer, I know nothing about him. Uh, I'm going to be real honest there. And it's probably probably a situation in which it's, I, I would imagine, either a prospect or just um, just a guy that uh, they're filling that spot. Because again, you're going to get like 60 starts from Bennington this year unless he gets hurt. So What's the point of paying a backup if you are just going to go with Bennington pretty much every game throughout the course of the season? So those are your goalies for the Central Division. Again, as I said at the top of the show, some franchise guys in here, some guys that are really, really good and hoping to ascend to that franchise category. Some names that the teams that they play for are hoping they will be able to kind of elevate their performance. So it's all over the place for the Central Division. Now, as far as rankings go, I'm just going to throw this out here and then I'll explain once I'm done. I actually went from a starter's perspective. I went UC Saros at one, Jake Ottinger at two, Connor Hellebuck at three, Philip Gustafson at four, Alexander Gorgiev at five, Jordan Biddington at six, Karel Vimelka at seven, and Peter Morazic at eight. Morazic, I think, is is a clear-cut number eight. But honestly, these guys are all pretty close. I think UC Saros is definitely number one. I think Jake Ottinger and Connor Hellebuck are very close as your two or your three. And at this point, I put Alexander Gorgiev and Philip Gustafson basically in the same tier as younger guys who go to a new team, their their stories have basically mirrored each other almost identically. They are on one team, don't really have an opportunity on that particular team. Now, this is where the stories kind of are not identical, 
because for Gorgiev, he was just in New York backing up uh, Igor Shosturkin, one of the best goalies in the NHL. And so your situation there, if you are a potential starter, which we've seen that he is, you just don't have a ton of opportunity behind another guy who's going to start like 60 to 65 games a season. So he ended up getting traded from the Rangers uh, over to Colorado. Colorado needed a starter after Darcy Kemper left to go to Washington. And Gorgiev has rewarded this team with uh, a ton of really, really good goalie play over the last couple of seasons. Same thing with Philip Gustafson, except that with Gustafson, it was more that the team in front of him was not rock solid. He had a handful of starts in a couple of seasons. One season was really good. One was not. And he comes to Minnesota, is able to be put into a a team that has solid structure um, and really has a plan that they attack on a nightly basis. And the results just are off the charts. And I want to make this clear that it's not as though Philip Gustafson is like a system goalie because there were some times in which some of the stuff that happened, especially defensively or just with players getting lost in front of the net, there were some games where the wilds were getting thoroughly outplayed Um, case in point. One of the games against the Dallas stars in which the wild won three to two in a shootout. Yes. The wild did score a couple of goals, but thoroughly outplayed. And the only thing that really kept them in it was Philip Gustafson. And so Gustafson, I don't think is a system QB. We talk in the NFL about system quarterbacks all the time is that, Hey, we just have a a system we can run that makes this quarterback look really good. I don't think Gustafson's a system goalie. And so it was just about him getting an opportunity to be the guy. And he just took it and ran with it. So I put him and Gorgiev, in the same category, but depending on what they do this season, and maybe it doesn't even need to be what they do this season. I I think both guys are ascending the charts to where after maybe this season, unless something catastrophically goes wrong, then you put them into the, the franchise category as well. Now, beyond that, Jordan Biddington just is too inconsistent to be put in the top echelon of the rest of the goalies in the central. And so he has to be behind everybody else uh, because he he just, he had a terrible year this last year. And unless he has a really, really solid season, he has fallen off some after leading the blues to the Stanley cup. So I'm putting him in that position. Karel Vimelka, I, I think has some some intriguing upside, but look at the six guys in front of him. I don't I don't think you're going to supplant any of those guys uh, in these rankings, and then Peter Mrazek too. Um, eighth, I mean, there's there's really no other spot to uh, to put him in these rankings. So there you have it. We've got Gustafson at four. Of the eight, but again, those top three in front of him, Saros, Ottinger, and Hellebuck, pretty darn good. So it's not as though he is is fourth. It's not a it's not your technic your traditional fourth place finish. He's like tied for 
tied for second, something like that, where you have one and one and then two and two. Um, so it, he's he is definitely one of the better goalies in the division. Uh, it's just a matter of who else is in front of him uh, the rest of the way. Uh, we will take a look at the backups. Plus, we'll also talk about uh, the milestone that uh, Mr. Marc-Andre Fleury will be chasing this season for the Minnesota Wild as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Swing into the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And if you want to pick up those bonus bets, the Minnesota Vikings play the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. So a good spot to put that $5 bet would be the over uh, between the Vikings and the Chiefs. Then you can use those bonus bets for player props, such as Justin Jefferson scoring a touchdown, Patrick Mahomes, the over on passing yards, you name it. You can go and bet on it with FanDuel. Make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. With the season coming up, want to remind you that uh, our plan is to, as many games as we can, we're going to try to hit a high number this year. We'll have a... Uh, shorter episode pregame for you and a 15-ish minute postgame for you after uh, pretty much every game. The postgames will be interactive. I'll share my thoughts as to what happened during the game, and then we'll open it up to uh, whatever the audience has to say uh, about what we see out on the ice. So uh, trying to make those interactive. We're also going to do some uh, live streams throughout the season. We'll probably do one a week or so, um, just kind of hanging out and uh, and answering fan questions. They, they won't be treated necessarily as regular episodes. Just going to pop the mic on and uh, whoever wants to come in and uh, ask some questions about the team, we will uh, we'll have those as well. We uh, we have listened, Denny, to your requests for more interactivity this season, and we are happy to oblige in that regard backups and i just got through saying that there are a ton of teams that don't really have a good one but that if you end up suffering an injury to your starter you're in a real bad situation just like the tampa bay lightning and so looking at the backups for uh the rest of the division I don't think there's really any scenario in which Marc-Andre Fleury is not the best backup amongst this group. I mean, we read the names. Kevin Lankinen, Fleury's better than him. Scott Wedgwood is not bad, but I would still say Fleury is better there. Laurent Bessois, I'd probably still go Fleury there. Justice Anunen, if I'm pronouncing that right, I still lean Fleury there. Joel Hoffer, I still lean Fleury. Connor Ingram, I still would lean Marc-Andre Fleury. Arvid Soderblom, I still would lean Marc-Andre Fleury. But again, for a lot of these teams, you're asking your goalie to spell your starter. And 
if you end up suffering an injury, you're probably in a world of hurt. For instance, you see Soros. If he gets hurt and you go to Kevin Lankinen for a 10 to 15 game stretch, that's a problem. Now, I think if the Wild had a situation like that, let's say Philip Gustafson missed 10 games and you had to go to Marc-Andre Fleury for those 10. Now, depending on who they played, the Wilds could probably, they could probably float at about 500 during that stretch. But the rest of these teams, like you lose your starter for 10, you're probably going three and seven, two and eight um, during that stretch. But the Wilds, have the ability to protect the goalies a little bit with uh, with the defense that they play. It's a, it's a nice kind of give and take between the defense and the goaltending. So while Flurry is the best backup, I mean let's let's not forget that he's been a starter for a long time, a very long time, and so it's not like he is somebody that you signed off the scrap heap. So he's not a traditional backup, but he's going to be utilized in that role by this team, which again, as I go back to the top of the show, I think if you take a few starts off of Flurry's plate, put them into Gustafson's pile, um, that I think will help this goalie situation uh, stay in the same area that it was this past season. So you're not going to have to worry about any sort of major step back that then puts huge pressure on your offense to uh, try to accommodate for an uptick in goals allowed. This has been a team over the last few years that has had solid defense that has helped out the goaltending. And now you kind of flip it and you've got solid goaltending that can also help out the defense. So the Wild are in, I think, a good spot with Gustafson as the starter. And if what has been said is true, that it will be more of a split to start the season. And then as things go on, um, starts will be handed out, you know, based off of who is right in the hot hands, that kind of thing. I think we can look at Philip Gustafson and what he did this past year. And he's more often than not, he's going to be the hot hands. There will be back-to-backs. There will be instances in which you uh, you still get Marc-Andre Fleury starts for instance let's talk about the start of the season the wild have the florida panthers at home then they go on the road to play the toronto maple leafs and then they play the montreal canadians if it's me i go gus gus flurry um give flurry an opportunity against the canadians to get his season underway um and an an opportunity to uh pick up a game on a young team that uh, the Wild have had not a ton of trouble with over the last few years. Um, And also, keep in mind, Marc-Andre Fleury is eight wins away from passing Patrick Waugh for second on the all-time list. And so if this is his final year in the league, there are going to be opportunities given to him to try to break that record. That's, That's how it goes. And unless his performance majorly falls off, um, I I would imagine he'll get it probably before the end of the year. So we'll uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that. But 
the goaltending situation, I think, is is going to be solid for the Wild this season with uh, Philip Gustafson leading the way. That will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure that you uh, check out our other preseason episodes over the uh, last few days and make sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes as we get closer to the start of the season on October 12th. Uh, We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.